Tired of complex and high credit card processing fees? It's time to simplify. Whether you own a big business or a small startup, Empower Payments can save you money. Streamline your payment process while saving money today with Empower Payments. Learn more at EmpowerPayments.com. That's EmpowerPayments.com. The show that takes you home. The Home Stretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to Home Stretch, ESPN Kansas City Live in studio on this hump day. Dylan Michaels behind the glass. A lot to talk about today. We're going to play a lot of Chiefs audio for you all. A little bit of housekeeping before we go forward. No show on ESPN Kansas City tomorrow. I will be doing a show on Sports Radio 810 at the Chicken and Pickle event, Volley Llama. Going to be down there. Going to be hopefully getting some fun interviews from some Chiefs players, some Royals players, and some KU basketball players. So it should be a good time. That will air on Sports Radio 810 tomorrow from 6 until 7 p.m. So no show on ESPN Kansas City tomorrow because I can't be at two places at once, quite frankly, as much as I'd like to. As much as you've probably heard me in all of these spaces over the airwaves, they're timed up. But it can't be two places at once. Dylan, how are you, man? I'm tired. You're tired? Tired, hot. You're hot? I'm cold. I know. I'm already cold. Why Why are you hot? You've been running around? Running around. Why are you tired? You've been running, running around. around. What have you been doing? Running around. <laughs> Why have you been running around? Uh, getting ready for the American Royal. Ah, I thought you were just a big fan of uh, Blues Traveler. No, no, no. Yeah. No. No, that's less tiring. Less tiring, okay. Hmm. I get it, man. When's that coming up? Is that soon? That is soon. That is uh, next week, actually. Actually, no. Excuse me. Two weeks. You excited yet? Oh, I'm always excited for what, the American Royal. What day is that on? Uh, I think ours starts on the 28th. Okay. And then I think it actually starts on the 26th. Well, the reason why is I have um, engagement photos on the 25th, which I didn't really know what was a thing until you get engaged. So I, as an engaged man, I'm learning the the steps to getting married. It's not like you get engaged and then all of a sudden you have a, a wedding. Apparently there's actually planning that goes into this. Um there's planning, a lot of planning. Pictures are part of the planning. So I have engagement photos on the 25th, so I'm looking forward to that. But I learn something new every single time. Dylan, did you know that? Did you know that was part of the uh, the process? Uh, No. I thought the engagement photos were the photos you take like at... Yeah, at the wedding, right? Uh, no, no, at the like proposal. Oh, I did that too. I just I had my dad. like, hey, I'm like, hey, dad, can you snap a, a few photos of us? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Always learning, baby. Always learning. Always learning. All right. I want to play some Chiefs audio because that is the big news. Uh, a lot of folks talking at the podium today, including Andy Reid, Chris Jones, um, Patrick Mahomes, Kadarius Tony. I want to start with the Chris Jones talk first. Let's get that one going. And we're going to start with Chris Jones talking about how he's actually happy with his representation. Absolutely. I chose my representation like years ago. Um, 
how can I make that decision not to come to camp? I don't want to be a distraction of holding in. And um, I'm super pleased with how it turned out. You know, uh, I'm back in the building. I'm excited to be back. Uh, thankful for the organization. They was able to boost my salary up to make up for the fines and everything. I'm super grateful for that. And um, we're focused on winning winning the next game. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in. Uh, very good team. Uh, coming off a loss to Detroit Lions. Um, which is tough. Um, but, yeah, we're looking for a bounce-back week. So, one, I'm glad he's back. Sounds like he's fully entrenched in being back, understands the task ahead of him. But the happy with the reps part just – it made me chuckle a little bit. Maybe he is, but it sure feels like the majority of folk, whether they are Chiefs fans, Chiefs media, or national media, have kind of questioned – the holdout and what the return actually ended up being. I mean, you saw the guys from from Spot Track and some people who were much better with uh, contract um, understanding than than even we are, and they all basically said, "Was what what the hell was that holdout for? That's what you got. Why the heck did you hold out then?" But if he's happy with his reps, good for him. Good for the Cats bros, uh, keeping Chris Jones happy. That's what it comes down to. All right, next talk from Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones was asked how much he was going to play in the upcoming game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't know. We'll have to see Sunday. Do you feel like you're in the ball state? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out today, right? (laughs) I love that. I I do like the honesty. We'll see. Because he hyped up. Dylan, how much was he hyping up all holdout? You know, I'm ready to go. If they sign a contract on Wednesday, I'll play in that Thursday night game against Detroit. Now that the contract's actually signed, hey, you going to be ready for Sunday? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, he seemed very good spirits, so that's good. Well, and they did mention Chris Jones, Brett Veach, Andy Reid, there's no hard feelings. They understood that Chris Jones wanted to get paid, and Chris Jones understood the Chiefs' perspective of, hey, you can't pay everyone top dollar. You can't go out and just throw money around willy-nilly. So it seems like both teams have a firm grasp of that was business. Just because business was a little rocky there doesn't mean they don't love him as a player or love him uh, as a person. So hearing Chris Jones laugh, talk, joke around, have fun. It is refreshing. Now everyone is on the same page, and quite frankly, everyone now is on the same side. Um, Chris Jones was asked, again, after he was asked, you know, were you happy with your representation? He was asked, Chris Jones, would you do anything different? I'll probably change some things. Um, You know, it's... when you have a lot of new guys, it's kind of tough to be away, um, especially in the D-line room. Building that chemistry is important to be successful as a group. But, you know, um, those are decisions you have to live with. I wouldn't probably change it, um, but I'm grateful for how it turned out. I'm thankful for the Hunt family and uh, Brett Veach and Coach Reed working with my team closely to making sure we ensure that um, – we're able to come up to terms with, with something that we both can agree on. So when you said at the start that you probably would change some things, it's just, just being here, I mean, do you think that something that you would have changed in the process? 
I don't know. Chris, you said you might change some things if you had your holdout to do over. Can you be specific about what you'd change? Um, probably change my vacation spot. Good <laughs> St. Joseph, Missouri, by chance? Probably so, right? I don't know. Tie shirt. <laughs> I love Adam Tysher. Tysher's great, man. Just snuck it in and got an answer. Just snuck it. I I, I still love the Chris Jones. I don't know. You know, you, you can never tell if you're doing a good Chris Jones impersonation, but the I don't know. Just with the Andy Reid would look forward to the Challenger plane, the Chris Jones one is now I don't know. I would change my vacation spot. We know the Maldives or where, where are we thinking? <laughs> Missouri. He'd go. He'd go to the Lake of the Ozarks. You sure you wouldn't get any questions down there, huh? No. 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 He understands. I think he understands. He would do some things differently. How it played out. Um, but again, as long as he's happy, he sounds happy. He sounds fulfilled and ready to go. It's over. It's time to move on from what was, while we all agree, the majority of folks agree, it's not a great deal for Chris Jones. It's done now. We'll probably have to do the same song and dance next offseason with the Chiefs being able to franchise tag him. That was the main takeaway I had from the contract as far as going forward was, yeah, it was a revamped one-year deal, but there's nothing regarding it. They were not allowed to not slap the franchise tag on him. I know I said not a lot there, so hopefully I didn't do a double negative. But again, the the, the main takeaway is that Chiefs still hold the ability to uh, place the franchise tag on Chris Jones next year. Uh, All right, next one. We all talked and saw Chris Jones at the game. He was asked, what was that feeling like sitting at the game but not playing? It all felt crazy. Uh, first time I ever said it in my suite. I see what I paid so much money for a year for. Uh, <laughs> food was great, though. Food was amazing. Uh, but it, it, it was a different viewpoint. You know, I got to see it from a fan's point of view. I see how the fans would be like, um, y'all have us stressed out the whole game. I was kind of biting my nails and everything the whole game, but... Uh, yeah. Chris, did it make you feel like I, I got to get back? Did it make you feel like that at all? Or I'm here, am I? <laughs> Do we need to see every player? Or should every player have a chance for one game to sit in the stands with the fans to, to bite their fingernails and see what it's like on the other side of things? I, I, like I, undercover boss. <laughs> undercover boss. But it is funny because you hear his perspective of, he, he, he mentioned how on edge the fans were. And he also goes, I mean, I was biting my nails too. It's a little different per- perspective being a fan versus obviously playing in the game. When you're a fan, you're helpless. And I'm sure Chris, Chris Jones at times felt helpless up there in the stands. I, I did laugh with the, you know, I pay a lot of money for this suite. I'm glad I finally got to use it. Yeah, that was a $1.1 million suite usage right there. So uh, it's funny, too, because coaches will say that. Like, former players that become coaches will say, it's so weird being a coach because you're actually nervous. You're actually, like, feel helpless a little bit because you can do everything all week, but once you're sitting there on the sideline, in the past you're playing, now you're just, like, almost a fan. Not Obviously not a fan, but you get what I'm saying. You're watching. There's nothing you can go out and physically do. You are just guiding at that point. 
to an extent outside of the short yarded situations because I think there obviously could have been some improvements there against Detroit. You look at Matt Nagy, you look at Andy Reid, I think they drew a great, a great game plan outside of those short yarded situations. And they're probably sitting here going, we're drawing up everything we possibly can and our receivers are just dropping the rock. Like at that point, that has to be a helpless feeling for the coaching staff, right? I think it's a good point of imagine Chris Jones seeing all those drops and you're just sitting there going, dang, I can't even try to do something defensively to make this better. I can't do it. You're just sitting there helpless watching drop after drop after drop. I mean, on the flip side, think of how many times that Pat, they, they pan the camera to Pat and Kelsey when our defense is like slowly giving up the game, yeah. uh, tying or lead changing score with time running out. They always pan to Pat or Kelsey, who, again, like you said, have to feel helpless on the sideline because they can't really do anything either. Yeah. Uh, last one from Chris Jones. He was asked if he was going to try to do a long-term extension again with Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think that's the conversation for after the season. I don't, I don't want to, you know, I have to go back and forth during the season. My focus on right now is um, being the best me I can be for this team, for this defense being the best player on this defense, being the best player in the league, and um, anything less of that, I'll be a disappointment towards myself. So my focus right now is just being the best me I can be. He better be the best me he can be, the best Chris Jones that Chris Jones can be because – The best Sterling Holmes? He doesn't be the best me. I ain't getting no sacks out there. I am getting no sacks. What would be harder? What do you think you do a better job of? Side note here, okay? Do you think you'd be better? You get a let's just say over a course of a, a a whole season, getting to the quarterback one time. No, I know, I know. Hear me. Wait, wait for the other side. Getting to the quarterback one time, or blocking someone one time, blocking Miles Garrett, Ooh, Aiden Hutchinson one time. That's a really good one. I mean, obviously the, the answer is. Neither, Neither. Right. but but like if you had to put in perspective, do you think you could block one of these guys one time, or do you think you could get around them one I time? I mean, couldn't I get a chip? So I think I'd blocking, you know. Yeah, I mean, I see. I got, I got, we I made got, Orlando Brown work last year. Okay. They can make us work. <laughs> yeah, that dude's also six nine three that was, forty. That was petty. That I, was, come I on, that, you know what I was doing? That, that was, was that was petty, Dylan back there. That was petty, Hardaway. Ooh, that's pretty good. Thank you. Um. Because I'm sitting here going, I'm 5'10", 170. I got a decent first step, but I ain't getting by no. any of these guys. Like, no. I, That's not going to help me at yeah, all. We got, yeah, our first step is like a quarter of a step in the NFL. Basically. Yeah, so you're, you're sitting here going, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to work. That's a yeah, good question, though. I do think, I think blocking, you'd have a better chance to get the ball out. You know, there's a lot of things you can do to mitigate a bad offensive lineman or a tackle. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting any pressure and they just get their hands on you, on your basically on your chest, <laughs> oh, which dog. they would do every time. Cause One our hand? Arms are like, like our entire wingspan is like half of their wingspan. I, I have a picture of me next to, to Creed Humphrey. It's hilarious. Like I'm, I, I am a, a average size dude. Yeah, 5'10", 170, you know, I'm in shape. Me standing next to Creed Humphrey is hilarious. One hand, one finger. He doesn't have to get into a stance. If Creed Humphrey put his hand out, like you know how, like when you were like you had like a younger cousin, and he's trying to trying to get you, you put your head out, and so that he he can't reach you. 
Creed Humphrey could do that to me in a football game, and it wouldn't make a difference. That's a that's a center too. That's not I mean, even a word about tackles. Trent Williams. <laughs> like if you were gonna go up against Trent Williams as an edge rusher, as we are now, good. Like I'm six three two hundred, and I would look like a tiny Child. person. Yes. Yeah. I I did see, or I did take away from that comment of Chris Jones. You know, trying to get long term. He we didn't have that audio for you. Um, I'll figure I could just say it instead of playing a, a short audio clip. It was basically Chris Jones saying he still wants to be a chief for life. Now, how many times am I going to have to say he wants to be a chief for life at a certain price? That's obviously the the storyline of this year. It'll be the storyline of Chris Jones and Kansas City for the rest of the time. He wants to be a chief for life, but again, at a certain price. This will be something they will revisit in the offseason, but Chris Jones and the Chiefs, they're on to this year. They're on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, moving on to Andy Reid and what he was talking about today. Uh, Andy Reid talked about having Chris Jones back. Yeah, Chris is a good football player, so having him back in is uh, he's an important part of it. And, um, you know, uh, we're glad he's back. We're, we'll just see, see where he's at uh, physically. As we go, he, he normally keeps himself in pretty good shape. So we'll see how see how he does out there today, and we'll take it day by day and just see see how he does. Yeah, is there some benefit specifically to just having that whatever you want to call it distraction behind you, and just he's here? Does that, does that help you? Yeah, I mean the thing I tell you about it is it's good to have him back. I mean you know, and I'm, that's not. I thought the other guys did a nice job the other night uh, when they had an opportunity. So um, and. We really didn't let that be a distraction. He needed to do what he did or had to do, and we had to do what we had to do. And now he's back, and that's part of the business, and everybody kind of puts the business side. You know, when you're getting ready for a game on the side, and you go with the guys that are that are there. So we're, we're glad he's back in, though. He's a good football player. Chris Jones is a good football player. First thing he says, you glad to have Chris Jones back? Chris Jones is a good football player. Most Andy Reid talk of all time. Had to throw in, how much is he going to play? You know, he's day-to-day. We're taking this day-by-day. Andy Reid keeping things close to his chest. But again, I'm sure deep down, Andy Reid is absolutely thrilled. Andy Reid is thrilled to know that today is probably the last day for the rest of this year, Chris Jones' contract comes up to him. So from that perspective, I think Andy Reid might be the happiest man in Kansas City. Truthfully, Andy Reid might be the happiest man in Kansas City because he no longer has to talk anymore, at least for this year, about the Chris Jones contract situation. Uh, Moving on to the wide receivers, Andy Reid is talking about the wide receivers and the timing, just the difference between the veterans, the young guys, Mahomes, and the wide receivers. So here's Andy Reid talking about the timing. Yeah, well, some of the guys hadn't played much, so they need to get in game and get caught up to game speed. So I, I think that'll benefit us. Um, whether it was young guys or, you know, Kadarius, I've already mentioned. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think it's good for those guys. I think that game was good for them. Then we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Before I get to Kadarius Tony and Andy Reid talking about Kadarius Tony, I think the young tight ends are only here next because y- you have Noah Gray. Uh, I don't know if you consider you know, Matt Bushman and Blake Bell younger, but obviously in regards to 
Travis Kelsey not being there. Those dudes are younger than Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Noah Gray, I think you would probably still consider in the young category. We know a lot of times in the NFL it takes years for these tight ends to really develop. It's a huge adjustment from college to the pros for those uh, position players specifically. Here's Andy Reid on the young tight ends. Yeah, so um, uh, the two that played the majority of the time were guys that have played for us. So, no, I thought he kind of replaced what Trav normally does. I thought he did a nice job in there. Uh, Blake has been been around, and he did what we asked him to do. He did a good job of that. Yeah, besides the, uh, what, the third and short? That short yardage, yardage situation when he actually had them offsides and didn't snap the rock. Yeah, maybe stop putting a non-NFL quarterback in a quarterback situation. Just a thought here. I get it. He was a quarterback at times at Oklahoma. Come on now. If he ain't going to snap the ball when there's a clear offsides on Detroit, I do not want to see Blake Bell anymore on the belldozer sneak. I will say I thought Noah Gray did a fine job in this game. I think Noah, Noah Gray did his best Kelsey impersonation. Yeah, he's not Travis Kelsey. We saw that. He's not going to get open. He's not the security blanket. But I was pretty enthused, and I do think 12 and 13 personnel, especially 12 personnel when you have Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray on the field at the same time, I think we're starting to see some more emergences from Noah Gray. And one thing I did notice in this game, when the Chiefs ran 13 personnel, okay, when they ran 13 personnel, they had one of the biggest plays of the game. That was when Justin Watson drew the offense or the defensive pass interference call. And it just something I noticed where the Chiefs were actually more effective out of 12 and 13. Um, if that's a case because the Chiefs wide receivers were so bad, or was that a case of it keeps the defense honest when you have all those big bodies in the field at the same time? That remains to be seen. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do against Jacksonville going forward. Again, the Chiefs have traditionally been pretty heavy into 12 and 13 personnel compared to the rest of the NFL. Andy Reid then goes on to talk about Kadarius Toney. Yeah, yeah. He uh, the best way to get rid of that is to go out and practice and, and then get back in the game and do better. So I think he, I'm not worried about him there. Um, he's a competitive kid, and a heck of a player. So just I told you before, I kind of put him in a position where. It's tough, you know, but he had to get in there and, and, and do what he, did, you know, play, get it caught up to speed, but he had no training him. So I thought it was important that he got in. And then he's going to catch most of those. Yeah. Andy Reid's trying to take the, the blame here. It's obviously not on Andy, but I get what he's saying as far as Kadarius missed training camp preseason with, other, with those injuries, right? That was not good for Kadarius. So this was his first real action back. He played 16 snaps. It wasn't like Kadarius was out there playing 45, 50 snaps in this game. He just made a large negative impact in those 16 snaps. It wasn't like Andy Reid just kept throwing him out there. Uh, 16 snaps in the grand in the grand scheme of things was uh, pretty small. I, I like Andy Reid trying to take the blame off of Kadarius, but end of the day, he even mentioned it. Kadarius Tony is going to catch those balls as the season progresses. Uh, if you are a betting man, Dylan. How much money do you want to put on Kadarius Tony to be the first receiver to catch a ball for Kansas City? On Sunday? On Sunday. Oh. Yeah, that's uh probably like a minus ten thousand something. I I would you would have to I don't even think that's available to bet if it was a possible bet. Now can you? Because that would be a good one, but 
Yeah, you're right. Sure feels like that first play is going to be a little wide receiver, a little bubble screen, wide receiver screen. A little push pass. A little push pass. Just to get, just it, to get a stat. Yeah, with get like, a stat. Yeah, like it, a catch it, it, for it, 11 yards. It, it, it might even be, instead of the end rounds, you know, now they do the forward pass end rounds. Again, you, you know, little, little pop passes, but, you know, I'm just, just to get Mahomes some yards and to give Kadarius Tony some receiving yards. I would I would be shocked if we don't see Tony start of the game, first dude targeted. Uh, I'm almost considering putting money down on first touchdown, too, for Tony. You know Andy Reid is going to try and get him the rock to get his confidence back up. Uh, I do want to hear from Kadarius Tony next. Kadarius Tony uh, was talking about what went wrong in that game. Um, in reality, shit, how I look at it, how I told a coach, how I told Pat, you know, all the guys, uh, that's on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, Y'all count on me and rely on me to make certain plays, and I got to be there to do that. It ain't no, really no excuse, no, you know what I'm saying? Nothing you could blame it on, none of that. Oh, man, I just don't saying about it. Kadarius, do you find anything common in what went wrong the other night that's, that you see is easily fixable or that you have to work through? Uh, nah, I just, I just got to put the work in, hard work, you know. Spend 30 minutes out after practice, you know, catching jug, catching from the quarterback, whatever I got to do. You got to make sure I show up when it's time. Didn't blame anyone, blamed himself, took the... He, he took all of the, the blame and put it on him. I, I can appreciate it. said, I got to be a man. That's on me. Got to hit the jugs machine. Got to catch some, some more from Mahomes. Um, I think, again, Kadarius Tony's going to be fine. I, I said, you know, yesterday, in honor of Aaron Rodgers, I, I think we need to R-E-L-A-X just a little bit here. We were hyping up Tony all last year. We kept saying when he's healthy, this dude's a bona fide stud. He moves different. He helped win a Super Bowl. And then a few months following, he has a one bad game. Horrendous game, by, by the way. I get that. But we're sitting here now all of a sudden saying he's a bust, saying he's a bum. Man, I think we got to pump the brakes just a little bit here. Canarius Tony's going to be fine. Let him get right. Let him get his legs underneath him. He got in his head. The Rick Ankeel. The Chuck Knobloch, the John Lester trying to do a pickoff move to first. You, you could see it on that last ball thrown his way. He did not want to be uh, getting that ball thrown his way. He looked nervous. I think Kadarius Tony is going to be just fine. Now, I will say what he got into with the Giants, not ideal. Kadarius Tony uh, talks about the Giants' motivation. The trade has been a motivating factor for you, you know, as you go on. No, nah, it ain't really motivating. I don't really care about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just to the to Pete's question about the trade not being a motivating factor, can, can you explain, though, why the Giants do seem to be an obsession for you, at least on social media? <laughs> uh, it's not an obsession. Uh, they trolled me. I trolled them back uh, at the end of the day. But like I said, I'm just focused on what I got going on now. I'm not really just letting that. If you're not focused on that, why are you off social media? Then all of a sudden, fire the Graham back up and start ripping on Giants fans in the organ like in the organization. I don't get this, man. For everything you you said in the first one, talking about hey, that's on me. I got to be better. I got to you know do this, that, and the other. Then you're saying it's not motivation. You know, there's nothing there. Then why do you have to hop on Instagram? Saying, hey, man, they, they troll me, I troll them back. You don't play for them anymore. They don't care. That's not your team. 
This is the Kansas City Chiefs, a Super Bowl winning organization that cares. There are high aspirations for the Chiefs this year. Going back to your former team because you're trolled by their fans, you know how you get the trolling to stop? Don't talk about it. Don't troll back. If you want the trolling to stop, ignore them. The only thing I wish he would have done was just wait until after this game. Hopefully he had like 120 yards. Yes. Touchdowns and then he did it. It's fine. Even then I would be like, and who I cares? I still don't really care. I still don't really care. If he wants to do that, it's not going to, you know, it, it affects the people that it'll affect. Like it, if he is a good football player, one of the best, and what the Chiefs say he is, it's not going to matter. But kind of seems like it might. It kind of seems like he does. He cares. Yeah. He clearly cares. And that's what's frustrating is you'd had one of the worst games, the worst game I can ever, I can actually imagine in wide receiver history. Again, I'm not saying that Kadarius Tony is a, a horrible football player. I think he had a, a, just a, a brutal game. But after that game, you think that's the time to fire up the, the old Instagram on Sunday when you're sitting there to start trolling back the Giants fans? Like, Where's the self-awareness? That that frustrates me, especially when the Chiefs have had player after player after player who've been slight issues on social media. They've talked about it time and time again, yet they keep doing it. Don't get it. Uh, All right, heading to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes talking about his connections or the lack thereof with the wide receivers against Detroit. Yeah, I, st- I still think we have a, a great connection going. I mean, obviously, it doesn't always work out in games. Um, and uh, we had a, we didn't execute at a high enough level, uh, me included, um, in that first game. But uh, you have to keep building. Uh, you have to try to get your, make yourself better. Um, and I'll try to do what I can to make it easier on them. And they'll, they'll go out there and make the plays happen. When you said me included earlier, what did yeah, there were just opportunities that I missed. Um, a couple throws here and there where I could have got it to the guy earlier. Um, I made it so hard on those guys. Um, and just a little bit uh, late on some of my reads. So just stuff that I have to continue to work on. And, I mean, just like everybody, i got to be better. Um, and I'm going to try to do that this week. And how much was the play is developing? Are you sort of relying on the receiver seeing the play unfold the same way that, that you're seeing it? Yeah, I mean, that's the entire offense, um, especially here, I, I think. Um, it's a lot of reading on the run, uh, recognizing coverages, um, and, and then making plays off of that. Um, and so that's stuff that I have to be on the same page with the receivers um, and stuff that we'll work on this week. He did mention, and I like it, he was late on his reads a couple times. Sky Moore, I think, was was the recipient of that once or twice in this game. Um Mahomes wasn't the main issue by any means in that game, obviously. But that was not Mahomes' best game. We have seen many better performances for, uh, from Patrick. The connections just weren't there with the right, with the wide receivers. They, they were off. And you can't be off against Jacksonville. You can't be off against Detroit. You can't be off against these high-powered offenses you're going to have to score more than 20 points. You just are. Um, it's going to get better. We know it's going to get better. But again, you, you saw the reason why the Chiefs kept MVS, kept Justin Watson, 
and the impact they had on this game. Those were the two best wide receivers. Mahomes trusts them. Those guys know where to be. While, they, while they're not the best players in the NFL by any stretch of the imagination, Mahomes and those two guys' connection was still strong in this one. Uh, and then finally, from Mahomes, he talks about these short yardage situations and the struggles there. Um, I, I don't think so. I mean, I still have confidence in us in any situation. Um, if you can get third and 11 plus, you can get third and one. Um, and so it obviously hasn't worked um, for like the end of last year and then into the obviously this first game. Um, so we went back to the drawing board. We've worked on it throughout training camp. Um, and I have confidence in the coaches and the players that we'll get it corrected. If you can get third and seven, third and 11, you can get third and one. That's That's true. But you know what that means to me? Run the same plays. You're running on third and seven and third and 11 on third and one. Those seem to work better for you. I will say, do you think Mahomes is just extremely irritated in these short yardage situations when they take the ball out of his hands? I mean, I would be, right? I am. We all are. We're irritated. And we're not the one who's the best player on the planet. Like, imagine being that competitive, you're that good, and then these short-yarded situations happens, and you hear the play call come in, and it's a belldozer sneak. And what's interesting on these belldozer sneaks, you know what that means? Mahomes doesn't have the option to audible out of this. Right? I mean, I, I would have to assume, unless you're audibling literally in the huddle, you know what I'm saying? Because he's not the guy under center. You don't know what the defense is rocking until you get up there. He can't audible out of it. And I do find it, just, just talking out loud about this, Blake Bell again, he played a little bit of quarterback at OU. Like we, we, we know, We've talked about this. But he's not an NFL quarterback, clearly. If he, doesn't, if he sees a front that he doesn't like, he's not going to audible out of it. He can't. He doesn't have that ability. I mean, maybe this is an underrated or under-talked-about storyline, but when you take Mahomes out, if there's a front that you don't like and those guys don't like up front, they can't audible out of this. I mean, if you're Blake Bell, you might see and go, shoot, I can't pick this up. Look at, look at the A-gaps. They're filled. Look at, look, look at how they're – I can't get over that. But what's he going to do? You think he's going to all of a sudden say, all right, screw it. Let me take a shotgun snap. Let me just, Mahomes, you run that Tyreek Hill route and I'll be Chad Henney. Think that's going to happen? No chance. Get Mahomes back there on those short yarded situations. Come on. Take a quick break. Come back. Home stretch here. ESPN, Kansas City. Do you have the time to listen to me whine? About nothing and everything all at once. I am one of those. Welcome back to the home stretch. ESPN at Kansas City. What a day. What a great day. Chris Jones is back. Chiefs play Sunday. Mizzou and K State play on Saturday. Great day. It's a great day. It's not cold. It's not hot. We're right there in the pocket, Dylan. We're right there. We're right there. All right. 
I love this from Robert Sala. I don't know if you saw this yet, Dylan. But Aaron Rodgers has yet to make any sort of public declaration, right, in regards of what his future holds. But Robert Sala said he doesn't believe Rodgers will be four plays and done for the Jets. Says, I'd be shocked if this is the way he's going to go out. (laughs) The reason why I love this, he's trying to put the ball in Rodgers' court saying, hey, you're not going to retire after four snaps, right? You're not going to let your career end like this, right? You're going to come back. Please don't let me have Zach Wilson next year. Please give me something to do. Please don't let me get fired. I love Robert Sala. I don't think he's any chance of getting fired by any means. He's a great head coach. That defense is electric. But I just laugh because we have yet to hear what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. He's not had any public declaration of, is he coming back? Is he retiring? But Robert Sala trying to get out in front saying, yeah, man, I'd be shocked if he's not back next year. (laughs) Putting the onus on A-Rod, huh? I think a lot of uh, Jets fans are feeling the same way and also voicing their same uh, feeling for the same reason. Just trying to coax him into one more attempt at this. It's just crazy. Yeah, I I can't believe, I really cannot believe it happened. Still. I, I feel so bad for Jets fans, and I have and Aaron too. Like, and Aaron, I, like, like I, I hate it for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge Rodgers guy. Like, I, he's fine. I, I have nothing against him, but I've I've never been like a, I've never hitched my wagon. Like, he's a great player, but just never been like you know. Like, there's certain guys you're like, oh, that's a fun guy. I can find myself. I I could grab a beer with that guy. Like, I feel like I'd grab a beer with Rodgers once and be like, dude, I don't know if I ever want to hang with this guy ever again. He keeps talking about this darkness retreat and all this stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't think I want to hang with him again. But with Aaron Rodgers and him going to the Jets, I don't know if I've ever seen, and I'm, I'm younger, obviously, 29, but I don't remember a player going to a team and just the fan base going from, eh, to just utter excitement that quickly. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen... Jets fans that excited for a opening game in my entire life. Talking to Chiefs fans and former Chiefs players who were actually at that game. Like Nick Lowry was saying when I talked to him yesterday, he goes, nothing is Arrowhead, but that may have been the the most crazy environment or at least one of the craziest environments I've been in. It was comparable to Arrowhead during a during a playoff game. Like that home opener for the Jets was nuts. And then four plays in, the energy was just drained. Now, prior to the injury, Aaron Rodgers has mentioned on numerous occasions that his goal was to play multiple years with the Jets. Uh, He's actually signed through 2025, and Rodgers is set to receive $38 million in guarantees in 2024. Now... I know he's made a lot of money in his career. But I don't care. 38 mil is 38 mil. I think Rodgers plays one more year. At least. I don't think he goes out like that. He is one of the all-time greats in NFL history. Playing four snaps with a new team. 
doesn't seem like something Aaron Rodgers or an NFL great would do. I firmly expect Rodgers to be back. And just like Dan Marino, I'll call it now. Maybe it's not a hot take, but I'm calling it now. Aaron Rodgers wins 2024 comeback player of the year. Or 2024-2025, however the, the, the breakdown happens. Do you think Rodgers plays one more year? I do. I don't think I don't think anyone wants to go out on that. I mean, Tom Brady came back and had maybe the worst season on and off the field that a quarterback's ever had just because he lost in the divisional round. Yeah. Like yeah. I think Aaron is more than willing to come back and make a little bit more of a, you know, wave across New York City than just what it is today, which is just, you know, it's gonna, he's going to be talked about for a week, two weeks. Sure. And then it's kind of just into, no pun intended, darkness and, and <laughs> solitude and rehab, which sucks. And it's like, I think he is going to want to do all that rehab yeah. and be on the field again. I think that he is more of a competitor than people realize. Correct. And I really do think once the devastation of, because, I mean, it has to suck seeing Jordan Love tear it up, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely tear it up in Green Bay. And you don't even get a chance to really rebuttal. You don't no. get a chance to answer. So, you know, third eye here showing. Maybe he just wanted to keep that number one overall pick for next year. Get a tackle. <laughs> I mean, that is basically the silver lining. Is you can potentially get They're not, a real dude. tackle. They're going to be good, dude. I, I still think I still – the Jets won seven games last year. Yeah. I think they're still better than they were last year, even with Zach Wilson taking over full full time as the starting quarterback. I know it's the AFC, and it's, it's extremely difficult, and that division is absolutely brutal, but I think you're still seeing a 7-10 to 10 win team, 7-9 to nine win team with Zach Wilson taking over the helm for the Buffalo – or for the, uh, for the New Jersey – New York Jets – it's the New Jersey Jets, man. Can they just do that? I always laugh and with this joke of they play in Jersey, and quite frankly, the New Jersey Jets sounds way better than the New York Jets. So I got tongue-tied because the thing that I always joke about is now stuck in my head. Can they please be the Jersey Jets? It's way cooler. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I will I don't die know who on that hill. I, I will die on that hill that it should be the New Jersey Jets, but probably not because the well maybe now because the Brooklyn Nets maybe that's why they didn't because they didn't want to just have two teams that rhymed and had the exact same names the New Jersey Jets and the and the Nets yeah hey. maybe who knows I don't know I'm just I'm probably, just saying I'm probably just saying. not but but what I will say is I, I think that's still at least an eight win team. Um, with Zach Wilson as a starting quarterback, I don't think Zach Wilson's good, but that defense is so freaking good. So they had an eight-win team last year. They were in prime position to get Broderick Jones. If you do recall, a little bit of uh, Art of War, Bill Belichick, trading out of the pick because he knew he was still going to get Christian Watson or, I think, yeah. Forbes, um, who or maybe that Joey Porter, whatever. They wanted a DB. They knew they'd get their guy no matter what, so they trade with a team they know needed a tackle. Mm -hmm. Right in front of the team they also knew needed a tackle in division in the Jets, they traded their pick to the Steelers, who took Broderick Jones. 
as like that picture, you know, the dominoes where it's like yeah. a little domino. And <laughs> the small one to the massive one. <laughs> that is like the Steelers and Patriots trading and getting Broderick Jones to what happened on Monday night. The offensive line was brutal for, for the Jets. And really quickly, yeah. uh, Christian Gonzalez for the Patriots. He looks like the next great one game. I get it. Small sample size. Oh. But he looks just unreal. You could take me and you. And we might be able to lock someone down for one play under Bill Belichick's defensive back to village. <laughs> like that is his spags, his bread and butter, his yeah. DBs. It's where he started. So giving him a first round talent, and let alone a first round talent, he was projected like top ten on every single board. I had no idea how he fell. And the second he got snagged by the Patriots, I go, this could not have been better for his career. And I feel like if they just get someone like I mean Keon White in the second round, yeah. who was. He looked like he was 30. Yeah. And he is crazy good. I mean, he's destroying Jordan Mailata on one of the plays. Yep. And, you know, it, oh, man, it, it would be nice to, like, have that have a defense like the Jets or the Patriots just, just one time. One hey. that was not a bend, not hey, break. Hey, 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 cheesecake at 14, baby. We're, we're, talking, right. we're talking elite, baby. Well, I'm, I'm being facetious, of we course, also, but. I, the the problem with week one is overreactions. Maybe ben, maybe Ben <laughs> Johnson got figured out. You know, maybe yeah. his little run as the best OC in football last year is over. So who knows? But yeah, I I, I do agree. It looked very much a lot better. But there's a difference between our defense and like the defense you watched on Monday Night Football. But, Ma- obvious statement, but there's a difference. Before we go to break. Are you in agreement that Zach Wilson starts the rest of the year, and is that the is that the right decision for the Jets? I mean, yeah. Why are you gonna? What are you gonna? You, unless you can get a free agent, then you should not trade. You should not. Really, you shouldn't work too hard. Again, you can get a better pick. Yeah. Just get a better pick. I know that that's not how it works, and that people sure. have shelf lives for football, and you can't just burn a year for all the other guys, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. But man, what are you, you going to do? You really you you couldn't compete last year with anyone, and you think that Aaron Rodgers is going to get you maybe into the AFC Championship game yeah. with all that with the entire roster being the way it was. That was kind of like what people thought might happen. So you really think that you're going to still equal that expectation with a Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> a Matt or Carson Ryan, Wentz, Matt yeah. Ryan? You're not. You're not. You're not. And quite frankly, you have to be mobile in this offense because— Oh, I'm the, sorry. I forgot RG3. RG3. Did you see that? No, it's great. On Monday night? He tried throwing his own his name. His own name. His in own there. name into the ring. Yeah. Uh, or you, me. Or, or you. Or you. I, you know, I think I'm a mobile guy. I'm, I'm pretty mobile back there. Me pretty, too. Pre, pretty shifty. But you have to be because that offensive line is just two scoops of ass, man. I mean, it, it is horrendous. It's and, crazy because the whole rest of the team great. is great. And but, like picks, and it's homegrown. It's re- and like good free agent signings, like Jordan Whitehead, yes, and DJ Reed. I love um, DJ Reed. I, if you check Al back, Woods. if you I check back two years ago when Chavarius Ward was leaving, I said the Chiefs should spend that money on DJ Reed because it was a cheaper contract. No one listened to me. I get it. He plays a lot of zone coverage. That's where he thrived in Seattle. Chiefs play a lot of man, but he's good in both. We saw him locking up at times. Um. What's his name in that game? Stephon Diggs. Down the stretch. That was man coverage. But I, I, I digress here. Zach Wilson, I think, is the right move for the Jets right now. He's mobile. He's quick. Um, 
And quite frankly, you know, maybe this is a chance to actually see if he is the guy for the future post Aaron Rodgers. Probably not, but you at least have one final chance to see if he is. Take a quick break. Come back home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Micah Parsons. Ripping into the Giants for not pulling Daniel Jones in that absolute beatdown the Cowboys gave them. How bad do you have to get beat for the team that beat you to say they felt bad? They weren't taking the quarterback out of the game. How bad do you have to get beat that the job of the defensive line, the job of this guy is to get after the quarterback, was sitting here saying, damn, you got to take that guy out of the game. We're going to hurt him. I have never seen this before. Also, uh, pretty bold to, I mean, I, who's going to tell Micah Parsons to do anything? But you do play this team again. Yeah, so true. If I'm, it may not matter by how no, bad that was. It's, it's, it's Micah Parsons. It's not, that guy and is it's too good. Gonna it's matter. not going to matter. But it might. Everything, they take everything. And honestly, any yes. team can grab anything they want. But it is interesting that he's, I don't know. It, 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 there's, I don't know who said it, but not everyone needs a podcast. <laughs> and it's so true. I just can't imagine getting beat so bad. And then, like I've not seen this in the NFL. I don't know if you have. They did their job too well. They said that guy shouldn't have been out there. We're too good. You should put your backup quarter in, quarterback in because it's not going to matter. I mean, we saw with Joe Burrow, you know, late in that game. They took Joe Burrow out. They put in the backup quarterback. I get all that stuff. I just can't believe Micah Parsons was ripping to the Giants for leaving Daniel Jones in in that absolute beatdown. NFL Players Association is calling for grass fields in all stadiums after the Aaron Rodgers season-ending injury. You saw this happening on Twitter. Um, So many players, former, current, stepping up saying, hey, why can't you give us a grass field everywhere? You're looking around. You're seeing soccer teams, not just overseas soccer teams, European soccer teams. You saw MetLife. For a couple games, they actually had to put a grass field in when a couple of those teams came here to America to play. You care about those guys, but you don't care about the organization, the product that you currently have? Man, it's a bad look. And I understand MetLife just installed a new surface this year. Uh, not a good look for that company either. This is the home stretch here, ESPN at Candace. He'll be back live in studio on Friday. No show tomorrow, as I will be at Chicken and Pickle. So until Friday, we are out.